0: Hello, everybody. We're back for another episode of Mixtag. Jameer, Jared Watson here. I'm alongside the wrestling encyclopedia himself, Keith White. And guess who? She's back, Miss Tanae Purnell. She's back for another episode with us. Guys, how we feeling this week? Tanae, how we doing?
1: It's all good in the neighborhood, pretty good.
0: I think I, think I know how Keith feels, but I'm going to ask him anyway. All right, Keith, how you doing, man?
2: Well, first of all, I'm feeling great because I have to say to everybody listening we have to congratulate friend of the show cam manning for his recent engagement so cam if you're listening we are so happy for you and this is fantastic news you told us you were going to do it off the air and we've kept that secret for you for a long time so congratulations to you also want to shout out uh, rj from ringside rant a uh, new podcast I checked out. He had a great episode with uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard, who shared a lot of information. And of course, Tim Battle from Battleground. Um, he just did a hilarious one where, um, you know, they were, they were talking about things like no holds barred and I'm sitting there, you know, the trivia guy and me, I'm yelling, I'm like, wait, 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 it's Brutus beefcake. You know, I'm sorry, guys. You don't even know what I'm talking about, but check out battleground podcast and ringside ran as well. Two fantastic podcasts in our community.
0: Yep. Definitely a good thing to check them out. And also congrats to cam cam came on the show. Uh, about a month ago, uh, to be one of our guest co hosts. So we thank him for that. And we congratulate him on his newly uh, engagement. And that's really awesome, Cam. So we're happy for you. But guys, we have a packed show this week. uh, But I think we should get into it right away. So it's time for our opening contest. So, guys, uh, it was an interesting week around the wrestling world, but we have to get into some breaking news here. Um, Dozens of female wrestlers are speaking up about their experiences with sexual assault around the business. Now, female wrestlers are using the hashtag speaking out, uh, sharing them on their personal uh, Twitter accounts, sharing their stories. Some of the men accused are Jake Hager, Justin Roberts, Sammy Guevara, Jimmy Havoc, Jack Gallagher, Dave Lagana, Matt Riddle, Velveteen Dream, Austin Aries, Jordan Devlin, Tyler Bate, Travis Banks, Joe Coffey, Dave Christ, Joe Ryan, Michael Eglin, and Marty Skrull. Now, guys, here's here's one that I found that was interesting. Um, Sammy Guevara, we all know him, right? He is, he's a cocky AEW guy in the inner circle. He was caught on tape saying that he wanted to, quote, effing rape Sasha Banks now Sammy has been suspended without pay and is going to therapy along with fellow AEW superstar Jimmy Havoc so other superstars such as Jack Gallagher and Dave Christ and Joey Ryan have been fired from their companies and their promotions um I'm just going to get right into it we need Tanae to talk a little bit about this because Keith and I can't relate to this kind of thing uh so Tanae go ahead and give us your thoughts on all this happening around the wrestling world
1: I so before I go on my educational rant, I want to give y'all some facts. So, um I'm a, I'm going to use a broad a very very broad uh company WWE. That's my guinea pig, that's my topic. We all know WWE has been around since dirt was created. So, we're going to use WWE today. So, what I want you to do to make this even better is think about your favorite female wrestler. Get her in your head, get in your mind I don't care if it's Melina, Lita, Trish Stratus for Jared If it's Kelly Kelly, Sable, I don't care Just get her in your head and keep her there, right? So, listen to this statistic In the 1990s, and this goes from each year From from 1990 to 1999 Before the 2000s I'm sorry, shout out to Lil Wayne, I'm sorry So, in the 1990s, each year Remember, this is when WWE was at its peak It's shown that six out of ten women were sexually assaulted in male-dominated work areas. So let's break this, let's break this down. We're gonna do a little bit of math. So WWE is known to be on three days a week. Raw, a little show in the middle, and then SmackDown on Friday. I don't mean to say little, but y'all know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm trying to say. So I'ma just use three different shows. I'ma just use three different um shows. First one, of course, is going to be Raw. For the sake of the time, we're going to say ECW. And then we're going to do SmackDown, right? All right. So another statistic showed that WWE, for each night, they have at least 33 men, but only 10 women for each for each roster on each show. So if you just do 33, 33, 33 down the line, that's 99. We're going to round up to 100 because you can't split a person in half. So my teacher was told me to round up. we go round up because you know five or more up the score anyway here we go but when it comes to the women 10 10 10 30 right so when you even it all out it's 100 men to 30 women now let's go back to the statistic and put it all in place for every 10 divas six are sexually assaulted so that means on raw ecw and smackdown 666 would have been 18 god i'm sorry that 666 thing i'm sorry 666 is 18 18 out of 30 women each year in the 1990s are sexually assaulted. But here's the kicker. None of those assaults were filed or talked about until years later because all of those, all and most of those women were afraid of losing their jobs. They were afraid of the people they had to accuse. And just because it was male-dominated power, they were simply afraid, right? So we're going to move to 2014, Because they haven't done an updated one, so I couldn't give the, I couldn't give nothing from like 2019, 2018, 2020 I couldn't, they haven't updated it yet So the earliest they have is 2014 In 2014, it's recorded that 3 out of 10 women are sexually assaulted in male-dominated work areas So we have Raw, NXT, and SmackDown but the ratio is still the same 33 superstars to 10 divas. So 33, 33, 33, 99. We're going to round up because we like that. So 100 men to 10, 10, 10 to 30 women. Now let's put the math back in place. For every 10 divas, three are sexually assaulted in one year. Raw, NXT, SmackDown, 333 3, 3 is nine. Now the only upside, and it's a very, very small one. The only upside to being 2014 is that we're in the era where women' power is starting to be is starting to be is starting to come into effect. Women are starting to learn their worth. Women are starting to learn that they are more than what the, everybody wants them to be. They're starting to put them in more storylines, but make it more single female storylines to build up and stuff like that. They're not just the pretty girl on the side and stuff like that. And also because the Me Too movement started in 2014, but it just got bigger over time. It came it, as time went on. So, because all of those factors were in the 21st century, so thank God for that. Some of those assaults were filed to the police, but still half of those assaults never got filed. So, that means one third of them aren't filed, right? So, mind you, With all the statistics I just said, with all the statistics I just gave you and all the math I just did, they're not including executives. It's not including referees. It's not including the photographer at photo shoots. It's not including the videographers on the commercials. It's not including the drivers of the tour buses. It's not including the construction workers. It's not including the ring or the commentary announcers. The list can go on and on, so on and so on and, and and just a quick little side note for those who keep thinking one-third or, or the 33 percent ain't enough you see here's the thing one-third or 33 is a bad is is really really bad because i just said wwe so let me rephrase it so y'all can understand i didn't mention nwa I didn't mention tna. I didn't mention aew. I didn't mention rings of honor. I didn't mention even luchador wrestling I didn't even mention I didn't mention Even half the countless number of indie wrestling companies Okay, so I gave y'all my statistics. I gave y'all my little Educational rant part but my dad always said if you're gonna talk about something you gotta say something that makes some sense So let's get on to the topics of why i'm even here Jared gave us a a quick a quick intro to why I'm here and why my input is needed. So I just want to give a quick update. We all know Matt Riddle versus another uh, an- versus another female wrestler, Candy Cartwright. It was updated that one day ago that Matt Riddle was accused of grabbing a woman's behind at an indie event. This literally just got updated by um, Ringside News. It said one day ago, he was accused and people saw him groping another woman's butt at an, in the event. So that story is still to unfold. That story has yet to unfold. That's all the information they have right now. But Matt Riddle and Candy Cartwright, Candy is accusing Matt of offensive touching. And Candy wrote this on Twitter. She said, during the van ride, when the three other wrestlers have fallen asleep, Matt asked me to hop on his, y'all can fill that in. She also said, when I refused, and here's in parentheses, she said, although we had previously been together, I was un- I was incredibly uncomfortable in that setting. In parentheses, she continued to say, when I said no, he grabbed me by my throat and choked me and said, what if I just made you? She said, it's never OK to put your hands on a woman. And it's also not OK to listen when she says no. Riddle responded with this. He responded to um a fan on Twitter. He said, The fact you think I do something like this makes me sad. He also he also said in a separate tw- in a separate tweet, you do not need to be my slash friend, but try not to believe every story you hear, especially with no proof. We'll keep on going. I'll just say everything at the end. Jack Gallagher or Jack Gallagher, however you say his name. Um, a woman is accusing him from back in 2014 of an assault. She said at a 2014 New Year's Eve party, she said he poured. Um, and this was her paraphrasing. She didn't give specifics, but because she said it was too much for, her. so she gave the um the main points of what happened. She said during the whole night he was. She she said during the night he was continuously filling up my wine glass. In front of my face and even when I walked away to go get refreshments from the refreshment table She said he was continuously Filling me up with any types of alcohol and all types of alcohol She said later that evening he followed her into the bathroom and tried to pull down her skirt When she tried to keep her skirt raised up he ended up ripping her skirt When she pushed away when she pushed him away she immediately Immediately wow I'm ghettos I don't know what she said she immediately Pushed him away and following that, she left the party. Now, Sasha Banks versus Sammy Gruvera, I hope I'm saying his name right. If I'm not, he's fine. He made inappropriate comments on Raw's fourth power podcast, and I'll go to my phone for the quote because it was a lot to write down. The comments made on Raw's fourth power podcast, and it reads as thus, bro, Sasha Banks, oh my god, when I was at WWE the week, uh, the other week, I just wanted to go effing rape that woman, he said in the clip. As we all know, he's been suspended without pay. He went to Twitter and he said, I've made stupid, inappropriate and extremely offensive comments in my past. And he, mind you, he wrote this before anybody even knew about. He he wrote this when it resurfaced He wrote this before he ever got suspended He wrote this before he ever got suspended And he continued to say "In In my idiotic mind I thought I was being funny And using words and terms that represented Nothing but horror and pain I am truly sorry for my hurtful Words and actions and I will never forgive Myself So Sasha Banks responded with this, and she said it so—let She let me tell you something. Sasha Banks is better than me, because I—no, uh uh-uh. But Sasha Banks responded with grace, and she said, Earlier I spoke with Sammy. He apologized, and he went and had an open discussion. Words like the comments he made, jokingly or not, have absolutely no place in our society. I do not condone or tolerate this kind of behavior. What one thinks is just a side comment can have a massive impact on someone else's life, and can send the wrong message. We have to hold ourselves accountable for our actions and for the words we say. I hope the situation shows him that I shows him that I hope from this point on in order to in order for one's growth and change within our community to take place. We all can continue to have these conversations. No person, no man, no woman or child should have should ever be subjected to a feeling of fear or an unsafe environment. We all have to do better, not just for ourselves but for generations to come. And there's another, there's another allegation out there about Justin Roberts DMing a 17 year old. But for my comfortability, I don't feel comfortable talking about stories like that because common sense says in every story, there's a little bit of truth. So therefore for a 17 year old to say, I got DM by a dude that's like 30 some years old, 40 some years old, probably. They're not just going to make it up. So I'm going to stay away from that topic because words can't explain what I think should happen to him at this point in life. So I'll just stick to what I've said so far. I think that, like, are you guys still thinking of 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 that diva? We have to realize that that same diva you guys are thinking about could be your sister. That same diva could have even been your mom. That same sister could have been your daughter. That sister could have been your aunt, your god sister. The list goes on and on and so on and so on. I think that suspending them isn't enough. They need to be fired. And the excuse I'm I'm seeing a lot and it's really starting to irritate me is that these men need help. Is that these men need help. They, There's a lot of stuff that could happen to them in life that make them like this or make them over-sexual. Make, listen. Some stuff is common sense Some stuff you say, some stuff you don't say And here's here's the easiest way I can think to explain it to you when it comes to common sense Ain't nobody ever had to tell you it's wrong to kill your mama You just grow up with a sense of knowing I ain't supposed to kill my mom There is no way to justify either saying I'm going to effing rape you Like even back when Alberto, when we were talking about Alberto Dorio, There is no way to justify what you say There's no way to justify it You can say I need help Stuff happened to me when I was a kid I need to get help from it Okay, that means you need to go get help from it on your own time Don't take your pain out on somebody else And then try to use the excuse I need help Because if anybody knows you, it's you You know yourself better than I know you Keith know, himself be- Keith know himself better than me. Keith know himself better than Jared. Jared know himself more than I do. I know myself more than these two guys know me. If I know something is wrong with me, then I'm going to do something about it. I'm not going to wait until my anger gets taken out on a woman. A may- if I was a guy, I'm not going to wait until my-, my anger comes so bad. I got to take it out on a woman. I'm not going to wait until my anger gets so bad, I got to take it out on a child. Because like I said, common sense is there. And when people say... He he's mentally messed up. You're right. He's mentally messed up, because there's no way common sense would allow you to do something like that. That's not common sense. That's pure stupidity. That's pure. That's pure being. That's, that's just being a pure idiot. There's no other way to explain it. It's to a point where I think when somebody gets to this level of their actions, you're beyond help, and that is where. And that, and that's just the end of the fact. That's the end of the road. You are literally beyond help. There is no more. I think that at at that point, there's no more. Even at the end of the, there's no more even help. Because out of the heart, the mind speaks. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever inside of you is gonna come out. My grandma, everybody's grandma, always told him this: A drunk man's mind speaks a sober man's thoughts. It don't matter if you sober it don't, and that's, and now that I'm a, I'm, o- I'm, older, I understand it don't matter if you drunk, it don't matter what state of mind you're in, whatever's in your heart, whatever's in your brain, it's going to end up coming out of you one way or another, it just depends on the platform it's on, and sad to say, these men are on a bigger platform, and I feel bad for the kids that watch them, because you have kids who look up to these guys, You have kids who idolize these guys. You have kids that say, I don't want to be like this dude when I grow up. But then you have stuff like this come out in the news. And their whole world can sometimes get messed up because it's like, I idolize this guy and look at what he did. They may not understand it now because they're young, but when they get older and start reading stuff, they'll be like, man, that was my idol when I was growing up. So it's like Sasha Banks said, we have to take our roles as as idols, as roles, as as kids look up to. You have to take that role more seriously. And if you're not ready, you need to take that time and think about yourself before you go say and do anything to anybody else. And I feel like that's, that's where it is at this point.
0: Yeah, and to our listeners, you see why we brought Tanae on here today to talk about this because it's such a big deal. And we've talked about it numerous times on the show from Alberto Del Rio to Nikki Bello getting raped as a teenager. I mean, this is sickening stuff. And Keith, we can't give our personal thought on it as much uh, as Tanae can because she can relate to it uh, being female. Um, But Keith, I have to ask you one question. Tanae went over how she thinks that these superstars should be fired for what they've done. What do you think uh, the treatment should be for those accused? Should they be suspended? Should they go to therapy? Should they be fired? What do you think, man?
2: So, um, you know, and today talked about like the workforce, right? The workplace, the male dominated workplace. Um, We as society are are messed up. We've been messed up for a long time. Uh, The stat is one in five women will be raped in their lifetime versus one in 71 men. Okay, so let's go ahead and, and, you know, we don't have to go over today's math again. Like we all know that's sobering and disgusting. Um, The the Domestic Violence Against Women Act was not put into Congress until the early 1990s, which means it was not a federal crime to beat a woman or your wife until then. Okay, so we have a lot to work on and we still do. Um, So. Any of those assault allegations, uh, you know, if it's if it's a touching, if it's an assault, if it's a rape, to me that's immediate—at least suspension without pay or it's a firing. I agree with, with Tanay. With, with regards to, we even had a situation. We were supposed to have a, a guest on this show, and uh, that guest was all, runs a promotion, and they were also caught up in this. Uh, but their apparently their role was more about like you know workplace environment with words and I feel like words, uh, words at least needs to be dealt with, with, uh, sensitivity training and, and, and things like that, because I feel like words, words, isn't as harsh and shouldn't ruin your life because of like Sammy Guevara. I think it's kind of messed up, but I get where, where that comes from in terms of like the locker room mentality, right? You know, the, the alpha male mentality, um, you know, that, that kind of stuff happens. It's not right, not telling you it's right. But, you know, his this what they did with him was correct. Suspension without pay, making sure that he goes and attends things because he didn't do anything. And I think he could learn from that. Um, but you know, we we had a situation where this guy was gonna come on and, and he, his whole promotion might crumble now. And I feel like uh, if it's if it's just words, then then you can you can get education for that. But like Tanae said, if you're if you're having actions and you're ruining someone's life, you know, with the things that you do that are devious and disgusting, then yeah, you don't deserve a job. You don't deserve to be in that profession. You're toxic. And at this point, you know, she was on point. If you do I tell people all the time, I tell my family, you know, how I raised my kids and stuff, I said, you know, don't don't take your anger out on somebody else. Like what you feel. Is fine. It's okay to feel anger. But if I'm angry, I'm not going to take it out on Jared. I'm not going to take it out on Tanay. They don't deserve it. They haven't, unless they've done it to me, you know, like if, but if they're innocent, that's not okay. And so everything that we're hearing about, it, you know, is not okay. And, and thankfully the the wrestling profession has changed a lot. Um, we know, like, could you imagine if it's happening right now, what it was like in the seventies and eighties, like it just kind of gives me chills and, and, and sends a shiver down my spine at how gross, um, things were and just how devalued women were treated. Um, so right now I I would agree with Tanae though, if it was, if it was an action, like if you did something to cause and and even your words, if your words, words, cause, cause like real harm, like there's always a situation, uh, one time at work back in the day i told a betty white joke i was like it's betty white not a big deal i thought it was going to be funny nobody found it funny everyone was pretty like, like ew and i felt bad cuz i'm like oh crap like you know uh i'm sorry everybody like so you know should i've gotten fired for that i hope not i don't i think it that should have been like a you get a free pass one time learn your lesson cuz i did um but i do think like this malicious disgusting uh circumstances you know i think i think that to prove a point and teach a lesson. I think a lot of pink slips have to be issued out.
0: Yeah. And, and to our listeners out there, uh, this, this is something that's happening a lot uh, recently uh, in the wrestling world. Um, and it's funny today mentioned that the 33% uh, and that's just from WWE uh, and a lot of these guys who are getting uh, accused uh, this time around are indie guys. And that's the stuff we haven't even mentioned as much. So, you can see how much of an impact it has uh, on the wrestling world. And um, to all of our listeners out there, uh, if you or if anyone you know is dealing with sexual assault, you can get help by going to rain.org. Now, that is the National Sexual Assault Hotline. And you can call 1 800 656 4673 to get 24-7 access to help you with whatever you're dealing with out there. This is something that needs to be put to an end right now. And it's sad we have to start the show off with this kind of information. This is our longest topic we've ever talked about on our show uh, because it's real. It's real life. Um, So we thank Tanae for her insight. Uh, We're going to be moving on to hopefully some brighter parts of our show here for you guys and we're going to be talking a little bit about how Randy Orton awakened the rated R superstar from Monday Night Raw. Now, in this week's episode of Raw, Edge gave a promo about the recent greatest match ever, right? That was at the Backlash pay-per-view. Now, Edge says that Randy woke the rated R superstar from a long sleep. And guys, we have a special uh, promo for you to listen to from Monday Night Raw. So Keith, you can play that for them now.
2: Before I do real quick, I just have to say that I'm even though it was a heavy topic, I have missed today. And I'm so happy to have you back. You just need to hear that because I was just happy to get on screen and and see you pop up. So I just need to tell you that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's from both of us because we before we even came on the air, guys, uh, just for our listeners out there, before we came on the air, I could just hear it in the tone of her voice that she's in a better place than she was two months ago when she needed that that break. So we're, we're definitely glad you're back. Tonight. All
1: shucks. Keep playing. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and I mean, you've rocked it so far. Like it, it has been vintage, vintage to a classic.
1: <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs>
2: All <laughs> right, guys, without further ado, here we go.
3: I saw Raw last week, and I said, okay, Randy's now calling himself the greatest wrestler ever, because he won the greatest wrestling match ever. Shout it from the mountaintops, man. Put it on a t-shirt, hats, buttons, bedsheets, boxer shorts, canned ham pinatas, whatever you need to do. Because obviously, beating me means that much in your world. Where is mine? Beating you is what I expect, so I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed I didn't see the low blow coming. Hell, I'm disappointed that I didn't do it first. But that's not gonna happen again. The second you hit that punt, When you painted Jay into a corner, and you questioned his guts, his manhood. When you know he's not medically cleared to wrestle and hasn't wrestled a match in six years, and then you punted him. He has been my best friend for 36 years, before the rest of the world knew him as Christian. He has walked with me through every trial and tribulation in my life. When you did that, you put the the PG superstar who's been walking around here just happy and ecstatic to finally be back doing what he loves to do when you put that guy to bed. See, I don't care about winning a wrestling match now, Randy. I'm going to embarrass you. Emasculate you. Make you wish Cowboy Bob was firing blanks on the night you were conceived. When you come home, your kids are gonna come running up to you, but they're gonna stop. They're gonna see that look in your eye and say, Dad, are you okay? And you won't be. When you go to hug Kim at night and you can't look her in the eyes and she can't look you in the eyes because you both know what's coming. I know. I know you got voices in your head, but join me into the chorus and I'm going to be screaming louder than all of them. I will seep into every aspect of your life and infect it. Tear your life apart brick by brick from the inside. And you have no idea what you have done. You woke up the evil. You woke up. Right at our superstar. Get some sleep while you can, Randy.
2: Jared, can you please let Tanae go first? Because listeners can't see what we see here on Squadcast with the video. But Tanae's reactions just... Body language have been fantastic, so I got to hear what she has to say.
0: Go ahead, tonight. Let us have it,
1: honey. Bunches of boats. Listen, let me tell you (laughs) something. Let me say something. Okay, I love Randy with all my heart. Ah, This hurts me to say it, but I think Edgin overtook him right now because, listen, listen. Okay, for one, I don't care. Edge about to kill Randy, and that's just point blank, period. Like, y'all don't understand what Edge just did. He just had a whole black people moment. He, for one, just called you out. Then gonna talk about I'ma seep into every aspect of your life. But then what got me was his voice was quivering and everything. Like he had like the like the deep, the deep, the deep breaths. Okay. Look. <sighs> Listen, the wee bitch and I ain't even got hair no more. Let me say something. I'm so serious. I don't. And like what got, what got me was he was like, I, he he was like, he's venom. He's going to, he's going (laughs) to, he's going to kill you Randy. Listen, I'm sorry. I love you. I'll be at your funeral. I promise you I'll sit next to your widow wife. I promise you I will. I'll speak at the funeral and talk about the love we had for each other. Because at this point in life, Randy coming for your neck. Because like, like, and, and here's the thing. People forget outside of wrestling, besides the storylines, the connection you make with people is real. And it's just like Edge said, that's 36 years of friendship. He knew him before he was Christian. Christian knew him before he was Edge. You not going to beat my friend up of uh, 36 years and think you're going to come in my block and be all right? Whew, I hate to be Randy right now. I hate I. I hate to be randy right now because man that's equivalent to being looking over your shoulder because you've got all the big dudes in, in in the hood trying to beat you up or something like that like you didn't like like say like that this is equivalent to it okay i'm gonna give you a little hood 101 this is like saying you had two people who are fighting right say you lose the fight now you got all your cousins who want to fight you now you got your big brother who want to fight you And they're going to beat you up so good They're going to make the two of y'all kids fight again Just so you win Because if you don't win, we're going to beat you up again This is legit the This is how Edge just called him out It got that serious that quick So Randy, we love you We have been fans for so many years We have watched you Grow from a boy to a man In the wrestling industry But this streak is about to be like Undertaker And it's going to end like Undertaker WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar kind of in like it's not gonna be
0: cool. Yeah, that, uh, Randy has done so much uh, to Edge the past couple months. Keith, where where does this leave Randy? Because after hearing that, Randy had a little bit of an interview backstage, and he he kind of just said, "You know what snakes do when they feel threatened? They snap. They bite you. They you get them into a corner, and they react." Uh, so where's this gonna take Randy? And do you think that? uh edge finally got into randy's head a little bit here
2: well you know character wise there's never been a soft randy orton right even when he's quote unquote a baby face he's still he's still the the viper so i think that um this is just par for the course and they needed to do this with edge um what they what the wwe needs to do by the way that one promo was better than like uh, 273 Seth Rollins promos. They need to do something and they need to just say like Vince needs to just stop getting in the ear of, you know, there's no, I guarantee you edge didn't have a script for that. He had, that was a, okay. We can just say that's AEW style now. Like we should be able to say it's WWE style. Cause it, that's how it used to be. But edge did what he does best. He cut an old school promo that he created. I guarantee you that was not written for him. Uh, he, you know, it wasn't produced. These old school guys are showing them how to wrestle. Um, edge said, you know, I can't do 52 super kicks and 220 flips in a match, but their match was fantastic. So these guys are giving a masterclass for these young guys. And I really hope they're paying attention. Um, I don't think that Edge is in Randy's head necessarily. I think that, um, Randy's actually, to me, to nail probably agree to uh randy's probably smiling about this you know as in terms of character because he's like he's like i got you this i got you this roundup. up now i'm happy you know that he's an agitator
0: yeah yeah i think you're right keith um this is going to be interesting because edge is of course out for a couple months uh after having surgery on his uh torn peck um, during their their greatest wrestling match ever, but yeah, you're right, Keith. And, and I want to I wanna just want to mention something before we move on here. Three, about three of thirty or forty of the last promos WWE has put out during this quarantine, three of them were better than all the rest, and all three were from veteran superstars and legends, including The Undertaker before he fought AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Right, and Edge Edge probably has two or three of them by now and somebody said edge has been gone for nine years nine years but he's doing better promos than people for the last i don't know five six years of wwe's new superstar talent it's just it's it's just that vibe he gives off you know on the mic and in the ring but guys that was pretty awesome uh, i'm glad we were able to give our listeners that uh promo right there that was pretty cool but guys this is a major major topic we're about to move into the Undertaker, the Phenom, the Deadman, has officially announced his retirement from professional wrestling after 30 years in the business. We're going to be talking about that right after this.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, this is former NWA champion Tim Storm. You are listening to Bigs Tag. Don't miss this. This is The Real Deal.
2: Um, It's been immeasurable his contribution uh, to the business. Um, You know, it's funny because he wasn't he wasn't my favorite growing up. Uh, In fact, you've never heard me put him on any lists. But my respect for him is incredible, just because you know he's he's the Babe Ruth of the modern era, Um, or I guess I should say actually he's the Cal Ripken of the modern era because he's been (laughs) playing ball for so long, right? Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm happy. I'm happy for him because, you know, the, I didn't need the last ride document. It was fantastic. It was a great documentary. I didn't need it to see in the last few years that it was just wrong for him to keep going. And every time that I thought that they would, um, you know, like, okay, this match is good. This will, this will end. They bring him back. And I, and sometimes I thought it was unfair. Uh, but I mean the, the documentary showed me that it was a mixture of the company and him continuing on. He's he's the shoe-in Hall of Famer. Um, his loyalty is ridiculous because you look at the um you look at the Money Night Wars and he's he's like the only one of the only people that didn't jump ship when they could have jumped ship. Everyone could have jumped ship at one point because Vincent Mann didn't have the money to pay anybody. But he uh, stuck around in his his locker room uh, respect was so great that he was pretty much the godfather in there. You didn't, you didn't mess with people that pre- before him, it was Andre, the giant, Andre, the giant was the man in the locker room that you needed, you needed to have on your side and undertaker took that spot. Um, he's been an amazing performer. Uh, he's reinvented himself so many times and he's, he's always fresh and, and that walkout that, that entrance, right. Um, it's so long at wrestlemania but you never feel like it, you don't get bored right the crowd and that's the thing if i can talk about this real quick i am i'm am happy that he went out this way because the 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 cinematic match with aj styles um it covered up any athletic deficiencies he might have because of age and injuries he came in as a groundbreaking character and he left groundbreaking because it was the first cinematic style match that we've seen like this. And I just think that it was the perfect ending for him because yes, he didn't get the the pop of the crowd, but he's gotten that a few times now. If we're being honest, he's had a few retirement pops from the crowd that, you know, is like the Brett Favre situation of, uh, of going out. Sorry, Jared Green Bay Packers. I know. Um, But, you know, he didn't need that this time to kind of go out on this really cool, really unique um, occasion and note. The only thing that I wish they would have done is AJ Styles came right back on Raw and was like, Undertaker, it didn't even hurt me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I that was kind of silly to me. Um, I wish they kind of would have left him under a while and then had him come back and come back a changed man. But that doesn't diminish the career that Undertaker's had. So, sir. Have a, yourself a fantastic, uh, you know, retirement. And please join us on the mixtaggo whenever you'd like. You have a standing invite.
0: Yep, yeah, that's definitely one of our goals is to get Undertaker on the show. And I talked to Keith about this. I'm like, man, I, I just have a feeling he'll do it. Like, I just have a sneaky feeling he would be willing to do it. But yeah, uh, today there was a debate going around whether Undertaker should have retired maybe three, four years ago. Um, he even said in the documentary that he was – 1 inch away from being paralyzed from the waist down in a match with Goldberg I mean his children would have been fatherless his wife would have been a widow do you think undertaker should have retired maybe a couple of years ago maybe for instance when he lost to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania where he put his hat and his jacket and his gloves in the ring um and after you answered that I want to get both of your opinions after tonight finishes is undertaker the greatest sports entertainer in the history of the company. So go ahead, Tanae. Go ahead and start.
1: That was a deep question. You talk about him. Should he have been done way back then? Because simply the answer is no. No. He never I don't and it, and it's it's I feel like it's with anybody. When you lose, you feel like you've like hit rock bottom. When you lose, you don't feel the same. You feel like, man, if I would have did this different, I would have came out on top. If I would have just grabbed this dude by his stoke and threw him on the ground, I would have had him. You know what I mean? So I feel like in that moment against Roman Reigns, even though he did leave his his jacket, he left his hat, he left his gloves, I feel like it was, it was a way of him saying, I'll be back for my spot. I feel like it was a way for him saying, I'll be back for my title because you're not going to beat me on the grounds. I've been stomping on for 30-some years. You think you little young buck going to come take my spot. Now nah, you're not going to take my spot from me. I feel like that's what Undertaker was saying because we got to remember, Undertaker is the master manipulator. I don't curl what nobody say. Undertaker can stare at you and out of nowhere, just give you a thumbs up. Undertaker can stare at you for 20 minutes and then choke you. Like Undertaker can stare at you and then help you win a battle You never know what he's going to do So that's why I always feel like whatever he does, it's strategic So when everybody thought he was going to leave He was like, nah, I'm just going to come back bigger, badder and better And more to manipulate y'all So I feel like when he was, because even when I was younger Like I was 12 some years old My dad talking about Undertaker old as dirt He done been here since it was created WWE could have been created in 1912 My dad gonna assume he was there So it was just like It's one of those things where When you love something so much You are gonna do it Until you can't do it no more And Undertaker He was at a point where he knew his limit And he said I ran my course I've set the path for the other For the other For the other young up and coming No matter how long you've been in the business He did his job He's a forefather In my opinion He's a forefather of the company He's did his job he laid the foundation. He he ran his course. So that's 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 what he did. He did his job. He laid the foundation.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're. I think you're right today. And you know, he mentioned in his documentary about how he, and then this was like in 2002, I believe. He all these young comers coming for the ruthless aggression era, uh, coming up, and he selflessly put them over. He put Randy Orton over. He put Jeff Hardy over. I mean, he wanted to do this to bring up the next generation of talent. And when the producers of the documentary asked Mr. McMahon, uh, "Can he just describe how hardworking, selfless the Undertaker is?" and he just couldn't. He just he was in, almost in tears about how respectful he's been, how uh, close he was to even him as as a friend. Um, there is nobody more respected in the wrestling industry, I think, than The Undertaker. That's the guy you want to go talk to when you first come into the business. Um,
2: um, I just want to answer your, your question real quick, and I think I'm going to answer for today as well. You, you said, um, is he the greatest sports entertainer of all time? And if we're saying sports entertainer, then the answer is yes, because no one has come close to his character, his longevity, uh, his mystique, his ability to reinvent himself. Um, Sports entertainment is a a relatively new concept. Sports entertainment started with the WWF and he came along uh, not too long after Hulkamania began, but he has captivated audience and, um, and left a far bigger footprint in the world of sports entertainment than Hulkamania has, in my opinion, because Hulkamania has been tarnished. So I have to go ahead and say today today I, I feel you girl i know exactly where you're going with hulk hogan's you know well i'll call his his self i'm not going to use the other words so um undertaker hands down greatest sports entertainer of all time and that's coming from the world's biggest dwayne johnson the rock fan right now but undertaker takes that crown
0: there's nobody more intimidating there's nobody who had a better entrance nobody who had a better gimmick nobody has a greater respect for anybody but the undertaker undertaker was it he was it after 30 years in the business undertaker congratulations on a great career a hall of fame career you're on my mount rushmore no doubt so anyway guys uh let's get into another topic here on this show um here's an interesting one that just happened about a day ago before we even recorded this guys WWE Backstage, as we all know, uh, going on FS1, it has been canceled by Fox. It was announced that Fox Sports will be scaling down the weekly production of boxing and WWE programming. Uh, The show never even reached an audience of more than 200,000 viewers. And Fox tried to fix that by bringing in former WWE superstar CM Punk to try to bring up ratings, but that ultimately didn't work. So, Keith... What went wrong here with this show, man? What went wrong?
2: All right, several things went wrong. First of all, Jared, you know me and my struggles with cutting the cord and jumping on a free trial of cable, jumping off of a free trial of cable, and you know having to bum your uh, password and username to try and watch some AEW on Wednesdays. Um, here's the thing, all right? If you have cable, you don't necessarily have FS1. Okay, so that's number number one mistake. And honestly, if we're being honest, I watch FS1 at 3am when I either can't sleep, or maybe I've been partying. That's when I watch FS1. Okay, stay's with me. <laughs> that's when I watch FS1. It's not that great of a um, of a cable channel. I don't know why they're scaling back on the wrestling and the boxing. To be honest, the most interesting thing they've done recently is all the best of WWE stuff, and I actually enjoy their boxing and their and when they had the UFC contract, that's when I would watch them. What else are they going what else are they going to show us? Are you going to get more than 200,000 viewers on like, you know, Clemson versus Xavier basketball or, you know, badminton or tiddlywinks games i don't get it you know uh so i just think that they're they are good as a combat sports network but at the same time maybe fox needs to step up their game and advertise them more or create some sort of a package or maybe you you give a little bit of fs1 taste on the actual fox network because there are some times that the programming can lapse i feel like cm punk didn't work because couple things they didn't have him on every week and every time he tried to give some sort of a controversial hot take and you know do what he does wwe just swept under the rug instead of you know allowing it to be a pipe bomb because the pipe bomb worked because we were all like whoa and he got away with it and it actually became a thing but more more so than anything else we want to see cm punk in the ring That's where we want to see CM Punk. Nobody wants to see him in a suit and tie doing some sort of, uh, you know, well, I liked that collar and elbow tie up, and I thought his arm drag was pretty solid. We don't want that. We want him in the ring. We want him no holds barred. We want him saying what's on his mind. Here's what I'll go ahead and say, everybody. We want him in AEW. That's where we want him. We don't want him in a place that is so micromanaged that it can't succeed. I'll take him another place. If we don't want him there, we want him in NXT, where he can also be on his game at the best possible punk we can get. So I'm just saying, those are the two places we could possibly want him, and that's why it didn't work because the people like us who are fans don't need to see him in some Sunday you know, afternoon football pre-show style segment. We don't want him there. That's not where we want him. We can handle Booker T because Booker T hasn't been wrestling in a long time. We can handle Mark Henry because Mark Henry hasn't been wrestling in a long time, but they can also do that. And that is not CM Punk's world. And that's why it did not work. Microphone drop.
0: Dan Keith, you went off on WWE Backstage. I want to give a little bit of insight to our listeners here about what WWE Backstage was meant to be. It was meant to be a weekly talk show about the week of wrestling, what was going on in the wrestling world, right? They started the show at 11 p.m. Eastern. 11 p.m. On FS1 that nobody really watches. Unless you are a big sports fan, you don't watch FS1. That's the two biggest mistakes. Put it on maybe 9 o'clock, 9.30 on Fox, on Fox, the big show. It, it, it That's that just what got me. And the thing was, and the topics they did, especially later on in the show, promo school, where they're teaching pe- random people how to do a promo. Like, come on now. You're not going to be as good as a veteran like Undertaker or Edge or CM Punk. Like, why, why are you doing this? It's just silly. It was a big, silly, silly thing. And CM Punk, Was trying to shift it. I have a feeling he was trying to shift it into an actual thing to be proud about and talk about the product, but they didn't want to do that though. They didn't want to do that. And here's a fun fact WWE programming, Raw, NXT, SmackDown stopped mentioning CM Punk after he was getting on them on the backstage. They promoted him to start. Remember when he first came on, first couple weeks, they were talking about CM Punk, haven't said a word. Since he's been on there for the last couple times today, this is interesting because I, I didn't watch WWE backstage. I had no desire to watch backstage. I don't know about you, but go ahead and talk about that a little bit.
1: Child, let me tell you something. So, the backstage, I was okay with it. I wasn't. I I watched it basically as a filler show. I just watched it because it passed the time. Like it made. 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. go by so much faster. I promise you it did. Like it just, it was just something I just watched to, to, cause like it was like something that put me to sleep. Let me just, let me just call a thing a thing, call it what it is. It just helped me go to sleep. Cause you know, when you have nights when you just like, is there somebody in my room or is that just my clothes looking at me? Like I just, I just did it to go to sleep. But the thing about me is it's, it's, it's exactly what, what you said, Jared. CM Punk tried to take it to another level, another place. To really get it going. He did it to try and really get it moving. He tried to, he tried to make it a, a show that he would want to watch and see. He tried to make it a show that he knew people he attract would want to watch and see. Now me, I don't want to see CM Punk in that, in that. It, now, now I gotta agree with Keith. I'm sorry, Jerry, I had your back, but now I gotta agree with Keith because I don't want to see CM Punk in a suit and tie talking about some, well, that was great. Well, that was a good one. Hey, that slam? He did that. I don't want to see that. I want to see CM Punk with his with his knuckles wrapped up with them Xs on them. I want to see him literally gut a dude for talking to him any type of way. I want to see him go black hammer on somebody like I cuz me, the way I grew up, I don't know about you Jerry, but the way I grew up, even though we had the same childhood basically, <laughs> basically. The way I grew up, CM Punk was one person you didn't want to play with, especially with the era he was with, with the Randy Orton, with the John Cena, the Rey Mysterio, Big Show. He, even though he was a little guy, well, not a little guy, he was scrawny. Even though he was a scrawny guy, you didn't want to mess with that scrawny king because you knew two things. He was going to talk his talk, but he was also going to walk the walk. Whatever he said, nine out of 10 times, he backed it up. And he was trying to bring that same type of energy to the show. It's just... You can't censor that type of aura. You can't censor that type of magic. CM Punk has an aura about him nobody can match. You can try and make a, a gimmick and try and be like him. You just can't because that he, he's so unique in that. And bringing that to the show was all he tried to do. It's just, it's, just, it's, it's Fox's fault. I don't care. I ain't been a fan of Fox since they canceled Star. So it's...
0: Well, here's, here's the thing today. It, it, when CM Punk was on the show, he would try to explain something and critique it for what it was and say, here, here's why I think this. But Renee Young said, oh, no, let's go to a game of Would You Rather or Spot the Difference. It's it's it got it got silly. It got so. Let's go to Samoa Joe for a game of Would You Rather, or let's do a promo shoot and then let's rate it on a scale of one to ten and why we think so. It was stupid. Being
1: corny. Stop being corny. WWE is not meant to be corny. WWE is meant to smack the hell out of me. So smack me then, like, and keep the same energy with everything that involves WWE. But something wrong with them. I don't care what you say. Something wrong with them.
0: Yeah, but at I, I, some. It, it was obvious nothing was really working there, but Keith, maybe a, a move to the WWE Network, maybe that will help them. I'm not sure if that'll bring their ratings up per se of the show, but do you think maybe a move to the WWE Network compared to Fox, do you think that might be in the works for the future?
2: I mean, with 200,000 viewers, 200,000 viewers, you might as well move to the network because that's where your viewership is going to be anyway. With 200 two hundred thousand viewers so just go ahead and put it on there and have a little extra content that's all you can do at this point i wouldn't put it anywhere else
0: it just seemed to me like the like just a waste of time that's all it really was um i think i think we need to just move on to another topic uh and that topic is our weekly trivia question so last week's question was this guys let's see who answered this week if anybody what was the name of the iconic tag team duo of hulk hogan and randy macho man savage was it a the immortals b the macho maniacs three the american heroes or d the mega powers we want to give a shout out to alex mcclure who gets the correct answer it was d the mega powers one of the most infamous tag teams uh, of the 80s and 90s great job alex you got your name shout out time for this week's trivia questions and it's going to be interesting this week because we're going to have our wrestling encyclopedia, Keith White, answer some fun questions about The Undertaker, considering he's retiring now. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, oh you didn't know that, Keith? Oh, you, you, you didn't Harriet! know. Oh, well, this is payback from the run-in we had a couple of weeks ago, Keith.
1: So <laughs> Keith
0: didn't know to... about this. Um,
2: all right. I'm, I'm game. I'm game. All
0: right. Me. Let's go. We, we, we got five questions here for you, Keith, all relating to the undertaker's 30 year career. Are you ready? Let's Keith? Go. Let's go. I'm
2: it. ready. I'm ready. Let's go.
0: All right. First question. What year and what pay-per-view did the undertaker make his debut in WWE?
2: Okay. So just bear with me within a year, if you don't mind. Um, but it was either 90 or 91 and it was survivor series.
0: You're correct. 1990 Survivor Series, he teamed with Ted DiBiase's team in the traditional six on six five on five Survivor Series match, whatever it was, at the time.
2: Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, he came on the screen, and Rowdy Roddy Piper goes, Well, you look at that hammock?"
0: <laughs> yep, yep. All right. Next question: What was Undertaker's record at WrestleMania before losing to Brock Lesnar?
2: Twenty-two and zero.
0: Incorrect. You were twenty-one and oh, was it you 21, one, and twenty-one? and 0 oh at WrestleMania,
2: because yeah. there was a sign that said twenty-two and oh, <laughs> and then like when when it happened and the dude got all the big bug eyes. Yeah, okay, twenty-one and oh, okay.
0: So Keith's one for two here, guys, with these okay. questions. All right, Keith, next one: Which sports scholarship did Mark Calloway turn down to become a professional wrestler? Basketball. You are correct. He turned down a full ride for basketball to become a professional wrestler. Not really what his father wanted, but anyway, he became one of the best wrestlers of all time. So next question. Who was The Undertaker's first manager before uniting with the legendary Paul Bear?
2: Brother love, I love you.
0: (laughs) You are correct. So Keith is three for four. We saved the hardest one for last. Keith, here we go. Okay. Okay. The Undertaker is a seven-time world champion, but he is also a six-time tag team champion. Name each of the partners he's held the tag belts with. And here's a hint. There's four of them, four superstars he's held it with. Come on, Mr. Wrestling Encyclopedia. Okay,
2: okay, okay. All right, all right. Um, Stone Cold Steve
0: Austin? Correct. Kane. Correct.
2: Oh my goodness. Um This is messed up, man. Uh this is like real this is way hard. Uh Uh mankind? No. Not correct. Okay. Not correct. Are you going to give me 6 chances, I guess? I don't know yep. how does this work. Yep, okay.
0: I'll give you I'll give you 3 more chances.
2: Okay, okay, okay. So this is like ridiculously hard.
0: So we have Stone Cold and we have Kane. Yes. Two more.
2: Uh, Sean Michaels.
0: In- incorrect.
2: Uh, Two more shots. Man, I think, I think Jared's enjo- enjoying this. I'm
0: loving this, especially for uh, the last time. Keith surprised me. This is great.
2: Oh man. It just doesn't, uh, there's just doesn't make sense on some of these people. Um, I don't, I don't remember him being tag champ much. Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, it's really difficult. I'm gonna go with. Uh, tro, 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 tro. You've you stumped me on this, but I'm gonna go ahead and give us some shots. Uh, Batista.
0: Wrong and correct. You have one more chance, Keith. <laughs> oh man! And if you get one right, we'll let you try to guess the final one
2: uh then i'm just gonna go ahead and say edge because edge seems like he's done everything
0: (laughs) sorry keith you are incorrect the correct answers were stone cold steve austin kane the big show okay and dwayne the rock johnson
2: Wait, okay, I guess Tanae knew that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Listen, Keith loves
0: the rock I and Tanae that. figured that out before. I knew that him. was
1: the rock. I knew it was the rock. I was like, I was like, Jared wouldn't have said this if it didn't mean nothing to Keith. I was like, it's gotta be the rock.
2: Oh man, yeah. I just I guess I just blanked. But uh Jared, nice job. Yes, on, uh, we on stumped me. him.
0: We stumped the wrestling encyclopedia. Oh man. Gosh sake. But Keith, you got most of them correctly. So congratulations yeah, yeah, on that. Yeah. But
2: yeah, did, did you guys
1: know that Brother Love was his first manager?
0: I did. I did I, know that. I
1: remembered his voice. I couldn't remember his name because oh, like, yeah. I, I as yeah. soon as he said it, I heard the voice. The name yeah. I never knew.
2: Jared, nice job, sir. I was not prepared for that. That was
0: very That's, well played. That was fun. That was, that was very fun. Very I can't well wait. Played, Jared. I, I I can't wait four months from now and I'd pull this on him again out of nowhere. This is gonna be great. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. I know before never we go, to get on y'all
1: bad side. I know that now. Never <laughs> to get on y'all joking side Cause listen
0: today's T- never gonna be on our bad side. And if she does, we're gonna have to pull a prank on her. Like maybe we'll say Randy Orton agreed to join the show. Oh my god, god wait, wait,
1: wait, wait, <laughs> That'd be that'd be wrong, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> you would give me a heart attack because
0: like <laughs> she had to do something really bad for that to happen, but y'all
1: would give me a heart attack.
0: We we have to get towards the end of the show here. Uh we're coming right over an hour now. Uh so we gotta give our viewers their trivia question for the week now here it is who did the undertaker defeat at his first wrestlemania to start his undefeated streak was it a jake the snake roberts b giant gonzalez c jimmy superfly snooka or d psycho sid now you can answer this question by emailing us at mixtagshow@gmail.com. show at gmail.com to get a chance to get a shout out on the air keith do you think you know this one just for the inter- interesting part of it <laughs>
2: Yeah, I wish you had given me this. Instead of <laughs> like, do do that?
0: See, this this is too easy, though. That's why I didn't do it. This is too easy for you. Uh, but maybe not to some of our viewers. I had to get him on the tag team. When I, that was my favorite one when I saw that. I just knew I had to do it. But anyway, guys, that was this episode of Mixed Tag. We hope you enjoyed. We talked about a little bit of sad things in the beginning, but we kind of had... Uh, interesting show for you this week. It's one of my favorite shows we've ever had uh, here on Mixed Tag. Thank you all for listening. You can follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Guys, thank you so much for listening. From the Wrestling Encyclopedia himself, Keith White, the always entertaining Miss Tina Purnell. I'm your man, jaren Watson. We're out.